What's up all you motorcycle enthusiasts and welcome to the V-Twin Life here on YouTube. We talk motorcycles powered by those V-Twins, what fuels our passion, why you enjoy it so much. V-Twin Life is brought to you by these two great companies, Crashing Clothing and Wild Ass Seats. Hey, you want to add some comfort to your ass when you're out riding, whether you're a 400 mile guy or maybe a guy that's pushing a thousand plus or female rider for that matter, hey, check out wild-ass.com and add some comfort to your ass. Can't forget Crashing Clothing, that Northwest brand out of the Pacific Northwest. Hey, these guys got a lot of great stuff from t-shirts to hats, raincoats, you name it. Hey, they can get you covered. Check out CrashingClothing.com. Now, let's dive into another milepost of the V-Twin life. Hey, what's up all you motorcycle enthusiasts and welcome back to another milepost of the V-Twin life here. Milepost 73, we got the man... The myth, the legend. Wow, no, that's don't Craig. Don't start me there. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no, I went there right off the get go. Had to. Yep. So how's it been going, buddy? It's been good. How about with you? Good. Actually, been good. Got out for a nice ride today. Me and Amy went out and took a nice, nice loop. Went had lunch down in Paulsville, right on the water, and got a nice little on a hundred and thirty-ish mile ride. And we've been having beautiful nice. weather and. You know, she were sitting there last night. We should go for a ride and go have lunch tomorrow, breakfast. All right. Don't tell me twice. Hard to argue with that, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I barely made it on time. I got a, uh, a, a message through Messenger from uh, an old friend of mine that basically they followed, you know, followed the whole ride, and she was telling me how they went camping. And she's like, nothing like what you were doing, but uh, where they were staying, they had a motorcyclist pull in and camp. Sounded like they ran into a couple. I just kind of cruised through it quick because I knew we had this this coming up. And one, she met some lady that was on this long ride and cooked him did cooked her dinner, and it was, it was pretty cool. So it was neat. They just kind of decided they should open conversation with this lady, and and uh, it turned out to be a pretty cool story. So I told her, "Watch out, your boy's going to become a biker if he hears too many of these cool stories." <laughs> hey, the you know the camaraderie within the community is just awesome. I mean, hands down, it is. Yep, it's cool. So anyway, I made it, uh, and I think we barely made it on time. So, no, it's pretty Thank good. Watching the intro, and you know, you're you're adjusting everything, trying to get stuff set up, and <laughs> no, that's good. No sense of being yeah. prepared. Just you know, just got to dive into it and go. Just got to wing it. That's my style. So you guys had a pretty good uh, event at Sturgis for you know for Wild Ass. Sounds like you guys uh, really did some sales. It was good. Yeah, I mean, it, it gets better every year. Sorry, I'm trying to. I didn't think of this before I left work, uh, and I have a tripod, but of course it's not here, and I am <laughs> um, <clears throat> not even wearing a wild ass hat. The uh, um, yeah, it was good. It was really good. You know, the nice thing, the thing we have going for us is uh, just age. You know, now we're in our seventh year of business, so people that uh, have bought in wild ass are now bringing their friends back to buy wild ass. So that's pretty that's cool. awesome. That that word of mouth is you know, priceless. Hey, can't beat that. Yeah. So what do you think, you know, after, uh, you know, the Hoka, Hey, now, did you have any kind of second guessings, you know, when it got close or, you know, getting kind of nervous about it at all? Because I mean, that's one heck of a adventure <clears throat> to take on. You mean before the event? Yeah. But before it started, did you ever have any, you know, second thoughts? Like, what am I doing? Oh yeah. Every day. Um, 
every day. And that goes back like months leading up to it. You know, I had a couple of really good mentors. I had three mentors, um, two of which I talked with quite often. Um, you know, Hop, of course, had a bunch of good advice for me. Um, Paco, I talked with him quite a bit. You know, he and I have become friends over the years. And I talked with Riot a lot. And uh, Riot and I have become pretty close, actually. But uh, I had a lot of doubts and a lot of questions and a lot of what the hell am I doing? And uh, those guys talked me through it. Yeah, it was it was cool. You know, the, the biggest question was I'm going to be on this old bike to do it on, but it was fine. It was quite, I mean, following it and, you know, all, all your guys' stories and, you know, the pictures and, you know, following a, a handful of people and watching everything. And it's crazy, you know, and I to think, you know, I got like one-tenth of the experience last weekend and it's, you know, I have all newfound, even more respect. I mean, you, what you guys did, you know, for that amount of time, the secondary roads camping like hobos on the side of the road. And, you know, we did it for one <laughs> night and that part was awesome. But it's like, you know, trying to, I really learned, you know, just from my little event doing it is it is really hard to get that miles every day when you're on those secondary back roads. Cause that is one hell of a challenge. Yeah. And I don't know what you had for directions. I mean, our directions were pretty laid out. I mean, so really all we had to do is just keep following directions. As far as the sleeping outside, um, I was pretty worried about that going in. And, uh, you know, that was one thing where Riot said, well, you're going to be in a group. You know, no matter how fast you're riding, those first two, three days, you're going to be on the same pace as somebody. So you will find people to, you know, help sleep with. You know, it'll be a large group the first night and it'll dwindle down and it'll get easier every night as you do it. Uh, so that was that was the case the first night I we bed down, there was probably, I want to say four or five other bikers in this parking lot we rolled into at an old gas station. There was three of us together. We kind of just, uh, we become friends before Scrubs. Um, and I, for the life of me, I'm drawing a blank on his buddy's name. And then myself, and it was like a, a rotation. Like I wasn't going to wait for them at gas stations. I didn't want them waiting for me because I had to stop way more often than everybody else. So when I would do that, um, you know, they were, I didn't want them waiting for me, but we ended up being on the same pace, you know, throughout the whole day. So that night we kind of, I stopped to check the map, you know, basically you have to flip the page cause we were at the end of the page and flip the page and they rolled up and it was the same thing. And we're like, Hey, like you want to roll together and we'll go find a place to crash. Yep. That's perfect. So we found a place. And like I say, there's, I don't know, four or five bikes there. I can't remember. Um, I woke up probably, 3 30 in the morning the next day and there was probably like 25 bikes in this parking lot <laughs> it was like 25 homeless dudes on motorcycles um so that gets more and more so like you say you got a little taste of it um with six or seven of you um it's that was the worst i was i was most worried about that part was finding a place by myself but night two i didn't want to wait for anybody i found a place to crash by myself so i got over it quickly yeah, kind of a little learning curve. Yeah, it was it was very quick, um, and I didn't sleep. You know, I didn't I didn't really look for anybody to do that with the rest of the trip. You know, it happened a couple times, but for the most part, I was by myself, and it was kind of nice. Now, what'd you do, kind of for you know, food wise, or just kind of gas station munchies when you stop for fuel, or did you kind of pack no. anything for some snacks along the way, or? 
So, you know, this is something I don't know. A lot of the people, even the people close to me, didn't think I was going to be able to pull this off. But I've been working at this for a year, you know, because you have to sign up a year in advance. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I started working at it before I even was accepted because I was waiting for the schedule to come out. You know, we work so many different rallies and events. I was just waiting. And, you know, there's a couple of big events that always happen when this thing is scheduled. And it's like, well, I can't do those. You know, I can't do the whole day if these events fall on top of it. So uh, um, I, I had a year working up to this and I was experimenting with different foods, different things to eat you know, what to drink, how much to drink. And I had it pretty nailed down. I had, you know, about 2000 calories a day, plus whatever shit I picked up at the gas station and then water, hydration packs, things like that. I had all figured out. So what I did is I went and bought all the stuff that I thought I was going to need. And I took and um, divided it out. So in the shop, we bagged everything. Like I bagged a day's worth of food and beverage, believe it or not. Uh, between protein drinks, water, stuff like that. Um, But I bagged it all out. And then, so I knew I had, I think I bagged like 16 bags worth. I thought that way, if I need to eat more, I can. And if I don't, no big deal. Well, uh, I took four days worth of food and one change of clothes and I put it in the bike and I shipped the rest of it to the checkpoints. You know, they told us who the checkpoints were. Mm-hmm. And I had heard of people shipping parts and things like that. So I'm like, well, why can't I ship my food? Then I don't have to carry it with me. So that's what I did. Smart. And then at each checkpoint, I would just, you know, we were told that the checkpoints were going to be manned 24 hours a day for, a, I think it was a 72-hour window. So I knew all I had to do is get there during that window. This was my original thought. And I'd be able to get my stuff. So that's what I did. That's how I planned that out. Well, kind of saved you some room and, you know, weight also. And, mm-hmm. you know, you only got so much room and, you know, with all the stuff that people got to pack just for what they need for the day-to-day and, you know, camping and, and whatnot that you got to go. Yep. Now, you went yeah, with the cotton, didn't you? Pretty, I did. I had my layout pretty good on the bike. I had basically everything behind the sissy bar was camping stuff. So it was a tarp, the cot, and then I had a, a large dry bag from Nelson Rig that uh or rig gear it's the same company but i rolled my sleeping bag and my pillow and i crammed it all in there and uh so that was always that was waterproof um so it was the tarp the what did i say it was the tarp the cot the dry bag with the sleeping bag and the pillow in it and then i had a small tent on top of that and then i had waterproof boots strapped to both you know one to each side that way uh you know, if, if I needed them, they were there, which I needed them every single day. But the camping gear was all there. So at night, I basically broke down the back of the bike and used what I needed to. Well, it makes sense having that, you know, readily available, right? Where So you're not digging through other stuff. And, you know, that's a smart move, time-saving aspect also of it. Yeah, it, it worked out pretty well. So do you have any other, you know, ups and downs, you know, through it or you know, everything kind of go somewhat smooth for you or it went pretty smooth. Um, I, you know, like I said, I had a year to prepare, so I was almost over prepared and, uh, I felt good. The bike ran good. Physically I was in good shape. Um, I even had, uh, the time I needed to drink how much water figured out. So I didn't have to stop and pee all the time. (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, that worked out pretty well. The how the heck did we, you know, like the fourth day, I think the first two or three days I rode a lot. I rode pretty well. I got a lot of miles down my, you know, when I, you see the route sheet so you, and you can see on the sheet, what States you're going to go through or enter. And I could see we were going to be in the plains. And my logic became if I can make the first checkpoint in three days, I'm ahead of schedule. So that's really what I shot for was, you know, let's hustle and get there in three days because, you know, to fit, my goal was to finish in 14, you know, I'm right. not foolish. And I didn't think any, I didn't have any desire. Of course I'd like to, that's, I don't know how you say it, but I had no expectation of coming in in 10 days. Like some of those guys, um, you know, I wanted to be there for the finish line party. That was my goal. That's uh, a good goal. Honestly. I mean, that's hell of a ride. Yeah, so if I knew if I could make the first checkpoint in three days, um, I could go from there. And you know, really, I had to be there in like four, on the fourth day to make it in fourteen days. You know, if you break it down and do that. But uh, I knew I had a full day ahead of me, or a full day ahead of schedule at that point, and I got in. I think kind of early, you know, like mid afternoon or something. It wasn't super late that third day, so I checked in. I kind of hung around the dealership and. And I think I grabbed a hat. I was going to get some gloves. I didn't have anything I liked. So um, I, you know, grabbed my box that I shipped myself and put it all in the, in the bike and basically looked around. I'm like, well, they were feeding everybody, I guess. So I had a hot dog or something. And then I'm like, yeah, I might as well go. I'm not going to sit here. So I jumped on the bike and took off. And I think I got, you know, four or five more hours in that day. It was pretty awesome. So then, nice. I, you know, that put me way ahead of schedule. And, you know, when I got that route sheet, I could see I was going to be in the Plains quite a bit because we were leaving Kansas City. And I think there was quite a ways in Kansas and then uh, Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico. I'm not super familiar with New Mexico uh, other than, you know, run the freeway up by Albuquerque. So I don't really know what Mex New Mexico. I didn't know what the roads would be like, but I knew they were pretty flat getting there. So I knew I could if I could hustle and make some good time there that. You know, it would just put me a little farther ahead of schedule. And when I say schedule, I, I had a goal to do, uh, to finish in that amount of time. I knew I had to do 715 miles a day. So that's what I tried to do. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So every day I did more than that. And then to, to get to your question, like this is a super long way to get to your question. Like, the no, this is good. I like point, it. Yeah. The low point was that fifth morning. So the third day or fourth day, you know, I'm running and I've been riding. I've been feeling good, riding good. I'm eating good. I'm hydrated. I'm not tired. Everything's clicking right along. Bikes running good. And I wasn't going fast. You know, I, I guess some of the people can see the, the tracking, you know, the speeds we were doing. And I was usually low, low to mid seventies. So not really flying. <clears throat> um, when the speed limit was that, of course, that's how fast I was going. And then, uh, Right. That night on the fourth night, you know, I kept hearing back from home, uh, not, not Renee, she knew what was up, but I kept hearing from people close to me saying, you need to relax, slow down. You don't have to go that fast. You're pushing it. You know, you know, don't go too hard. Enjoy this, you know, all these things. And that kind of got in my head a little bit, uh, on that fourth night. So I thought, you know, I'm like, God, maybe they're right. Maybe I do need to take a break. So I ended up stopping about nine thirty at night. 
and I had typically been running until 1130. And what happened is I, I, you know, basically you went to bed too early. So I, I found a place and I, you know, got my cot set up or whatever. And I'd have to look through pictures. I don't remember what, uh, where I stayed that night, but I, I didn't go to sleep. You know, I wasn't tired. So then, you know, the deal when you go to bed too early and you can't sleep, well, now you're trying to fall asleep and that's worse. And your brain starts moving yeah. and then you can't, and you're done. Um, so I woke up and then, you know, you know, I slept, but I just slept like crap. So this, that morning, the fifth morning I woke up and, uh, <clears throat> ended up, you know, taking off and I was riding and it was a really tough part of the course. And I don't know where we were, <clears throat> excuse me, but it was these 10, 15, 20 mile an hour switchbacks. And it seemed like it was for two hours and it was just nonstop. And, and I, I wish I knew where we were, you know, maybe if I zoomed in on that day, cause I did track every day on river. So I, I guess I could figure it out, but I don't know where it was. And it was just brutal. And I was tired and, you know, not hitting my marks in the corners, just riding terrible. And at one point I felt the front wheel do a double hop through a corner. And I'm like, well, that's not good. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> felt that. Um, but you come into I've a corner and then, slide. It, yeah. And it just basically pushed just pop up real quick. And uh, I'm like, well, that wasn't right. And so I slowed down and I noticed that the roads were wet. I'm like, when did that happen? You know, I'm like, I need to stop. I need to stop. I need to take a nap. I need to reset today because this is not going to end well if I don't. And I did. I, I uh, found a place where I could put the kickstand down and the bike was just about straight up and down. So what I did was uh, um, I basically crept myself forward on the seat, put my feet over the highway pegs and laid back on my bag and just out i set my timer for 20 minutes and it when it went off it woke me up i was out immediately so once i got up from that and took off life was good again i mean it was just like it was all i needed to do is this reset you know i need to reset today and start over and that's what i did and it got better sometimes those so short was a little little power point. naps can be huge for some people i know i i got a buddy that he he can't do whatsoever but man i got a problem with sometimes and it can be a, you know, a refresher. It's, I can do it anywhere. And Renee oh, always laughs because I can lay down, you know, right on the sidewalk and fall asleep. And it, uh, in fact, I do that. So on the last day, the last day might've been a low point too, a little bit because, uh, well, we can get to that later. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but, um, the last, the last day was really brutal because I, I think I let myself get dehydrated the day before, which only just compounds your fatigue. And then I was riding through storms and it was terrible. I was so tired. <clears throat> so, so other than that, everything was pretty, it was pretty good. Now, weather wise, was it, you know, how many days, you know, you think total that were kind of shitty weather. Was it <laughs> most of the time decent or did you guys just get some, not the good shake of it this year? We, I swear I hit everything. Um, <laughs> there was, uh, you know, I don't remember. I really don't remember the first day uh, weather. I don't remember that at all. The second day I got, you know, in that the second day was great because it was all in Minnesota. I'm like, sweet. I know these roads. And, uh, but we got into one rainstorm that was great. It rained pretty good. Um, it wasn't the worst. 
but it rained pretty good. I seen it and I know the weather here. So I seen it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to gear up for this one. Geared up, rode through it. Cause rainstorms in Minnesota last hours, um, got through that one. It was fine. And then there might've been two days, the whole rest of the event that I didn't have to put on my rain gear. Oh, you know, every day I had, I'd ride and then I'd be like, ah, gear up and then ride through it, gear down because it's a hundred degrees again, and then ride through it. It was brutally hot through the central part of the country. And then we actually uh, took the loneliest road in the world through Nevada. And that was brutally hot. That was pretty cool though. Um, I don't know if you've ever ridden that or if any of your viewers no, have I ridden haven't. that. Uh, we were going, I think we were going east to west. And I'm, you I, you probably saw the picture. Um, I know Custom Dynamics reused my picture, reposted it. It was pretty cool. But I was riding, and I mean, it seemed like I was riding forever. And I'm like, i got to get a picture of this. And I literally stopped, put my bike on the center stand, right on the center line, and took a picture forward and back. I mean, it was just the road is straight as far as you can see um and hot it was so hot and i remember going through the desert and it, it would like climb up the other side right so i'm thinking man when i get to the top of that i'm going to be out of this thank god because we've been in here forever <laughs> and i got to the top and i remember in my helmet out loud just going fuck because it was another road <laughs> the same thing as far as i could see <laughs> oh shit it's so, like groundhog's so, day yeah, it was so funny. I'm like that. I can see why it's the loneliest highway in the world. <clears throat> now, so but you yeah, guys hit the uh... hot, oh, hot. And, and I was, I was, for some reason, like I was at the right pace where I was clipping the, these storms as they were coming into the route. Um, you know, like I was just catching the edge, and then like I'd look at the radar, and it'd be right behind me. Anybody behind me was getting held up. So it was. I rode through some pretty nasty stuff, but the worst, I think, um, and I don't have, I'm not sitting at, you know, at my desk, so I don't have my computer, but I want to say it was like Howard Lake, maybe in Eastern Nevada, Northeast Nevada. I don't know if that's, if I'm saying it right, but there's a place there. We were going North. We came in along the South of the lake and then headed up the West side. And there's a place there where I, I would say if there's ever been a such thing as a tornado simulator, that's what it, that was it. Um, hmm. it. This was the second time I like said something out loud in my helmet. I'm, I'm sure I said a lot of things, but um, it was getting dark and the wind was just insane. Like, but it wasn't coming from any one direction. And I remember going over a bridge <clears throat> and I crossed the bridge, you know, so the wind was like, it felt like it was doing this whole deal underneath and swirling around the bridge and then front to back. It, it was, the wind was hitting me from all four sides. And I got across the bridge and it seemed like there was a mountain range on my left, like a big hill or something. And I remember looking at the mountain going, where the fuck are you coming from? Because the wind was from every single direction. And at one point it felt like it tried to pick me up off the bike. I don't know if that was, you know, hallucinating or what, but I, I don't think I was that tired at that point, but it was pretty crazy wind right through there. Um, and it Damn. seemed like the next, the next morning we were on like this mass text from the Hoka Hay that said, you know, wind advisory in that area that I had been through, like wind was really bad 
Um, I don't remember what the rest of it said, but I was already through it. So yeah, you're like, yeah, no shit, I've already seen it. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty crazy. So weather-wise, that's kind of. I mean, I caught the front edge of a lot of storms. Right at the finish, I had to go through uh, up Needles Highway. You just did that. Um, oh, that was awesome. I did Needles Highway going up in the hail. It was hailing. Uh, cars Jesus. were pulling over because it was unsafe, which was, I was just laughing as I went by because I was following the tire tracks going up the <laughs> mountain, up the hill. And then you go down that, and then you had, we had to go through the park. Like, we had to pay admission and take Needles Highway back up. And... um uh, does that say Pyramid Lake? That yeah, was Pyramid Lake, or said, or maybe Heart Lake. Heart Lake? It could be that. It was in Northwest Nevada. That's I. That seems to be what I remember. Um, I don't know why I remember Howard Lake. If maybe that was a town or whatever. But yeah, I, I don't remember the name of it. But um, Needles Highway. So coming down 385, you know, I had to go through the state park. I don't know if you did that. And yeah. then you take 385 into Hot Springs, where the finish was. And it was whiteout hail, like a winter storm. And I'm Jeez. like, I kind of like look left to right. And I, all I could see was the crown of the road, you know, of the, the hill. It seemed like we were on top of a hill. Like I said, it was whiteout. So I couldn't really tell. Just kind of see the outline of it. And I kind of laughed. I'm like, there's no point even stopping. If I stop, I'm still going to be getting pummeled by hail. So yeah, I might as true. well just keep going. And uh, as I, I rode through it, and then it just poured rain all the way to the finish. I don't know if you saw me come in at the finish line, but I yeah, I did actually. Completely soaked, completely soaked, then and frozen. I didn't realize I was cold until, of course, I shut the bike off and got off, and then I was just uncontrollably shivering. I couldn't stop. But, <clears throat> but doing that, getting through those two storms, um, got me two positions. I saw a couple guys sitting under a, an awning that were waiting out the weather. I don't know if maybe they if they didn't know I was that close. Or which they shouldn't have, I guess, because you know we're not supposed to be watching. Or they just were like, "This, this has to end," and they had had enough. So hail can cool be because... brutal going through it. I mean, I've I've read through some. I don't know if quite, you know, the style of hail they get over there. I mean, the stuff I've been through, like you know, pea size hail and wearing a half helmet. That was brutal riding down the road with my arm up over yeah. my face. And but tell you yeah, what, I'm I did sure it once was... in a full face helmet. <clears throat> and it is crazy how freaking loud it is inside your helmet as that stuff's bouncing off your noggin. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't think this was any bigger than pea size. You know, I mean, it, I I don't know. Um, I know it hurt when it hit me. I had took a good one to the knuckle. That hurt. But had a couple good whaps to the helmet. But but yeah, it, I don't know how big it was. I wasn't stopping. <laughs> the road sucked. No, you guys did in Oregon. You came up, didn't you guys go along the Columbia River Gorge between Washington and Oregon? Yeah. Um, I think that was so part we, of the route. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, yes, I'm just assuming that's the river between the two. Yeah. Uh, the two states. We were in Oregon. We got up, we went through Portland and then took some little road across and then had to take a toll bridge to get into Washington. I should do it backwards so it's on your screen right uh toll bridge to washington and then we followed that that river for quite a while i want to say it was like 180 miles or something does that sound right yeah probably would have been most likely highway 14 it's a two-lane highway i think it's 14 on the washington side yeah it could be and then i think we took a a bridge we had to have taken a bridge back across i guess so that was somewhere that was another that I laid down on that stretch somewhere to take a nap, laid down on the side, you know, basically found a place where 
you could go into the field, you know, like a farm field entrance or whatever. And I just rolled the bike in there, put it on the kickstand, laid down on the ground. And I got a little bit of sleep there too, broad daylight. Yeah, that can be one of those areas where it can be windy as holy hell too. Yeah, I don't remember it being real windy. I think it was pretty nice. God, you got lucky. Yeah. Yeah, because that wasn't the... like we got pretty lucky. The last checkpoint, that was uh, High Desert in uh, Boise, wasn't it? High Desert Harley-Davidson? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one, I got there, um, I think I got there like 12.30 or 1 o'clock in the morning or something. I think I came into that one live on Facebook just to see if anybody was awake. And there was nobody around. I'm like, I thought these were supposed to be, you know, staffed 24 hours a day. There was a table... Uh, like a folding table, plastic table, sign your name, what date you're there, and then take a route sheet. That was it. There was nobody around. <laughs> so I grabbed God. a route sheet, and, uh, you know, now I'm waiting. I'm, I shipped my stuff there, right? And uh, I think it was 6.30 in the morning I woke up, or, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning I woke up, and I'm like, oh, man, I should get going. Pack my stuff up, and uh, 6.30, I'm like, there's nobody here. I'm not waiting. So I took off. Yeah, there was nobody at that one. But That's I don't know crazy. how that, I don't, I mean, that, you know, according to the riders, they weren't, that wasn't the greatest stop, but I don't know. Hmm. Other than them not being there, that kind of sucked, but I don't know. I didn't hear any great yeah. stories from that place, but I didn't There's experience There's some good riding it, around so that area. I shouldn't say anything. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, there's some nice areas up through the Panhandle that way, up through Montana and, and, there are some cool roads and whatnot up that area. I've been there through there a few times now. My actually, my nephew used to work at High Desert Harley Davidson. Did he? Yeah, about two years ago, I think he worked there for about a year. Huh. Sales stuff wasn't for him. No. Yeah, just wasn't working. So he was doing he other got stuff, out right but before it got easy. Yeah. But you know, it is what it is. It's all life's adventures. Right. So how long did it take you to actually recover from all this riding once you finished? <laughs> I think uh, I think last Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I would believe it. So when I got back, um, I got back. It took 11 days, 9 hours to finish. That's good. Um, according, Yeah, I was happy with that. According, Way ahead of schedule. According to my odometer, I had 10,293 miles. Um. And I did a lot of just eat, sleep, repeat until the party. And the party was on Saturday night, I think. And then, you know, we had like all the guys helped. We put the bike back in the van. Um, the Hokahe, the end of the road party, I think that's what it was called, um, was there. And then Sunday morning, got up, drove home. So, you know, I didn't really get to rest. And then I think Wednesday I had to head back out to the Black Hills for Adventure Fest. So we had an event that following weekend. And then I was home for, I want to say three days or no, maybe it was longer. Might have been a week. But then we, you know, that was all prepped for Sturgis. And then we had the rally. And that was, we were there for three weekends. So I think Monday, this past Monday, I slept (laughs) in and. I actually didn't get to my own shop until almost noon. <laughs> it was nice. <laughs> I bet it was. Because, I mean, but, you're doing, what, probably 16-hour days the whole time you're at Sturgis? I mean, all day doing, you know, with your booth and yeah. all the vendor stuff? 
Yeah, by the time yeah, by the time it's all said and done, you know, we get up at I think five thirty. Was getting up every day, you know. And then there's I didn't have to cook breakfast every day. Renee was with, so she did breakfast for everybody most of the days. I did a couple days. You know, everybody kind of took their turn. Uh, Renee did the bulk of that, but we'd work basically eight in the morning till eight at night, and then get back get back to the house and have a good dinner. And you know, by then it's nine ten o'clock and crashing for the next day and then repeat yep yep yeah yeah that, that'd be yeah because you're you know going from one event to the next and the next like you say with only a couple days in between it's like you really never have time to decompress and just kind of get back to a normal way of sleeping right get yeah, your, you know enough sleep is, to get yourself feel good right this last week's been really good uh we've been shutting down the shop at two you know, two in the afternoon. Um, I'll stay till three or four, but really it's like, no, we need to, we need to unwind. Let's take care of the customers that need us right away. Um, get our shipping done and then we'll continue tomorrow. And then now we'll start, we'll get back to work this week. So, so what's your next show? Fall's, you got kind, lined of a, up. fall's kind of a quiet time for us. Our next, next event, we're heading to Daytona in October. Oh, okay. So you got some, some downtime. Yeah, so we get to, you know, get caught up in, in a lot of it's prep for next year already. You know, we already have, we already know when the events are, where we're going to be. Um, it's just structuring all the behind the scenes stuff to get it there. Uh, when did I when stop did... having Hoka? Oh, Kim. <laughs> Twister. <laughs> I, you know, I thought that was just me. Um, so evidently Twister had those too. I actually had to call Riot and go, what the hell's the deal? I've been, you know, is this normal? He said, yes, it is. Um, and what she's talking about, if you've ever done anything like this, I didn't know it was a thing, but it was probably two and a half, three weeks. I was dreaming of, you know, riding and I got to get up and I got to get going. And I mean, it was crazy that uh, the dreams I was having afterwards. It was awesome. I, I don't know. I'd have, I'd have the same question for Twister, how long she was having those because... It doesn't sound like I'm the only one. It seems like that's pretty normal. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Hey, but then you got some good, you know, adventures and education and riding. You know, when you were, we talked last night, with your little ordeal yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> so what Denver's talking about. Oh, this uh, is good. This is funny. So... We did this ride. It's called the Duffy's Ride. There's a place in town, uh, in Minnesota, I should say. It's it's south of here. I think it ended up being just shy of 400-mile day. But this place, Duffy's, has three bars. And if you go to all three in one day, they give you a T-shirt. Uh, it's kind of a cool deal. The family does it. My uncle, my um, actually a couple uncles, my dad and my brother. A lot of these guys get together, and they do this every year. And I'd never done it before. I'm like, yeah, I'll come with. So... I did. Mind you, I just got back from the Hoka Hay, right? 10,000 miles. Bike was flawless. 83 miles in, uh, my bike died. I mean, it just flat run out of gas. I'm like, what the hell? That's weird. And it had gas. I mean, I knew it had gas. And I'm not the most mechanical guy there is. So, you know, I checked everything I could. Um, 
first thing I did immediately was just start pushing it because I knew where everybody was going. I looked on a map. It was just a few, you know, it was probably half mile. So I just jumped off the bike and started pushing it and uh, heading uphill. It's not like a steep hill. It's a Harley for Christ's sakes. You can't push them up a steep hill, but I'm walking with the bike and, and all of a sudden I hear some lady hollered at me. I'm like, what? Well, she was hollering out of her window and there's another guy working on his car right there. So I stopped. Of course, I couldn't hear because I was pushing the bike, <clears throat> put the kickstand down, walk up, start talking to her. And she's like, man, I uh, <laughs> twister says two to three weeks. Good. I'm not abnormal. So uh, I'm like, yeah, I don't know what it is. You know, I'll figure it out. Just give me some time. You know, I just needed to think a little bit. I mean, I know the basics, right? It needs fuel and it needs spark. So uh, I quickly deduced that it was not getting fuel. So I popped the air cleaner off. And the guy came walking up with starting fluid. I'm like, this is perfect. Spray some starting fluid in it. I'm like, by the time I get this figured out, you know, someone will be back here to help me. I didn't realize how much time had passed at this point. But I just thought, well, let's just start tearing into it and get it done. So I decided I'm going to call my dad, right, because he was part of the group. I'm like, can't believe nobody's coming back. Did they forget where I was? You know, or did they? It was like six, eight blocks. And... uh He's like, yeah, well, we just ordered breakfast. We'll come back when we get done eating. So <laughs> ended up figuring it out. And uh, I went to catch him at breakfast while they were all paying for breakfast. So guess who missed breakfast? So <laughs> made it 10,000 miles, 10,293. And I know I would not have made 10,393. That would have had an issue. So the vacuum line on the petcock just vibrated off. Who knows why? So that's cool. You said your dad had that same issue. Yeah, he did. It was like 20 something years ago. We were on a trip and he had just gotten his bike out of the shop. It had, you know, had the 5,000 mile service, I think, or one of them. And that same line came off pulling out Ellensburg. So I pushed him a quarter mile to a hotel and we ended up just staying there. And, you know, it was about three hours later, me and one of his buddies that was with us, Bob, were talking. It's like, fucking, I wonder because from you know years of racing motorcycles the old hondas i mean it's weird thing you know it's 1950s technology we're out there with a little flashlight and sure as shit you can see that shiny little brass nipple where that hose came off i'm like huh yep. clip it yep. on boom fired right up i'm like well fuck too late we already paid for this room and you know yeah, at that it's point, just one of those things rest. yeah 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 it was common yeah it made for an adventure and it, you know and oh, that's this. the stuff stories come from the perfect ride nobody talks about that's right. You got to have the ups and downs and the trials and tribulations and, and the cussing yeah. at the moment, but only to laugh at it, you know, 30 seconds down the road once you're <laughs> back on it. Yeah. Been there, done that. Yeah, for sure. But it, it's like I said, though, it's all, it's all part of the adventure. Yeah. The camaraderie, you know, and you, some stranger you don't know comes out, oh, hey, you know, let's do this and, you know, giving you a hand. You, fuck, you had no idea who he was, but it's just right. how it works sometimes. That it is. You know, we had, uh, there was, came across a couple guys that had some issues with their bikes on the road, uh, you know, and stopped, check on them. Sounds like there was quite a few that didn't, you know, people just rode by. I don't know, but um, during the Hokahe, it was kind of a, I mean, we're all out there alone, but together. So um, everybody's, everybody was fine. One guy had a busted belt, but he had help on the way. So. Do you think you would ever sign up for it again? Absolutely. Awesome. Yep. Um, 
I even like immediately afterwards, I said, I would absolutely do it. Um, you know, and that's my immediate reaction. Yes, I would absolutely do it again. The, uh, the next one, of course, is during the Sturgis rally. So I'm not doing that one. Uh, we'll see what happens. Oh, the 2024 the is during the Sturgis rally? Yeah, yeah, it's during the rally. So um, I'm not going. But we'll see what happens. I think there's some judgment calls that uh, whoever's in charge at the Hokahe has to make. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, we'll see. We'll see how some things are handled. But. Yeah, they still got time know, they to do, plan. They do the best they can. Right. What's that? So they got time to plan that out. I mean, the next one's 2024. Well, they got it planned out. Oh, no, okay. There was, yeah. No, they got it planned out, so it's all good. I got some stuff planned for next summer and the following year that I'm going to try to do, you know. But no, the Hokahe won't be one of those because, well, they don't run it next year and the following year. Like I said, it's during the motorcycle rally. Yeah. So that's I gotta I gotta be there for that. So you're gonna throw in some adventure bike stuff for next year? Um, not for fundraiser stuff. No, but I'll ride that thing every chance I get. Um, that I, I absolutely love that bike. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if you know who, uh, Larry Patton is. He's an old Hokahe guy. Not he, sure. Uh, he came to adventure fest. He's got a KLR 650 and we got to spend a day riding together and man, that's such a blast. So much fun. I mean, guy like yourself or, you know, me, for instance, strong dirt bike background. That's the way to go for me. I absolutely love that. I would love to get a dual sport, some style of, you know, adventure bike, something big enough that you could still, you know, take off on a couple day adventure. So, I mean, yeah, God, the, the KLR, six, KLR 650s are time tested and proven, but I'd like, you know, something a little bit bigger maybe, but I would love to get one at some point. I think it'd just be a blast, especially, you know, a lot of the, the forest service roads up through the cascades and, you know, you can go on and off in different places. It'd be a blast. Yeah, it'd be great. And KLR is all anybody needs. You know, it's, yeah, it's a turd, you know, in some standards, but it's a great bike. You don't, you know, you're not going to run it. I wouldn't. I see them all the time on the freeway, but, um, you know, secondary roads, you don't need to go any faster than a KLR comfortably go. They're, uh, yeah. they're good bikes. I've been around forever. And like I said, yeah, there you see so many of the people take those things everywhere. Alaska, yep. you know, running the, the Dalton Highway and all that crap. It's like, damn. Yeah. They will run. Yep. The old thumpers. They'll do everything well, but they're not great at anything. <laughs> that's, the, <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. KLR works. Yep. Yeah. So you got any, you know, uh, motorcycle stuff much going to go on for the rest of the year? It's just pretty much going to be some downtime. Well, um, in the world of wild ass, it's like I say, it's all behind the scenes stuff that's going to be happening. Mm-hmm. Um, last, you know, yesterday I did that ride. Um, I'm doing that same ride next weekend with uh, a different uncle. My brother couldn't make yesterday, so he's going next weekend. And it sounds like it'll be quite a group, so we're going to do that next weekend. Um, the following weekend is the Craig Johnson Memorial Ride. Uh, yes, I host my own memorial ride because <laughs> if I don't, I won't be there for it, right? Um, so that that story came about because a buddy of mine put together this ride every year. Now, if, as your listeners listen to this, this will make sense. Um, every ride, you know, goes bar to bar, right? 
even if you're not bar hopping, if you ride, you know, 150 miles, where do you stop for lunch? A bar. You know, you ride another 100 miles, where do you stop for a snag? A bar. Right. Um, so in every single bar, there's this, you know, picture that says, ride in memory of Craig, ride in memory of Tom, right? And we were sitting there, and I looked over at the sign, and I looked at my buddy, and I said, man, that guy's getting fucked. And he goes, what? What do you mean? Like, all his buddies are getting together, and he's not around, around to ride with them. Why didn't they all do it when he was alive? You know, everybody's too busy. I said, you know what? I'm having my own memorial ride. Then all you sons of bitches can't have all the fun without me. And he laughs, and he goes, wait a minute. That's a pretty good idea. And yeah. I said, all right, we're doing it in September. Um, so it's always the Saturday after Labor Day. And this year is the 10th annual. I like the 10th that annual, idea. The 10th annual Craig Johnson Memorial Ride is this, this year. And it leaves the world headquarters of Wild Ass at 10 o'clock in the morning if anybody wants to come and ride with us. Um, there's no entry fee. You know, so it's, it's no money, no cause. Let's just get together and ride. And uh, it's, it's fun. I mean, there's, you know, there's been as few as six bikes. There's been as many as 20 uh you know maybe 20 something i don't know but it's not a huge deal we just get together and and ride and every year i have to pick out a different route so that's coming up in a couple weeks so i'm looking forward to that that's that's always fun riot even rode over for it last year that's cool i mean it is a cool idea pretty funny yeah so you know roughly how far do you, you know is it like a 200 mile ride you know four or five hours or yeah you no know, kind yeah. of what's the uh gist of it so we'll ride, you know, we'll get on the bikes and we'll ride. I'll try to make it about an hour and a half to the first stop. So depending on the roads, it's anywhere from, you know, 75 to 100 miles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's, I don't know if you've ever, I, you haven't been to Minnesota, I'm assuming. No, I, I, I haven't not, been out to Minnesota. Don't you know? Where I live, there are not straight roads. Um, there's too many lakes. So we have a lot of good roads, a lot of good riding. Um it, but a lot of people don't know about it, of course. So we'll do that, you know, hour and a half to the first stop, an hour and a half to the second stop, and an hour and a half to the final stop. So it always starts, um, well, it, it has always started at the gas station right down from where I live, but now it starts at the world headquarters of Wild Ass. And uh, I think, I don't know, three three years, four years maybe we've been starting there. I can't remember. And then it ends just on the north side of town. There's some really good, you know, eateries right up here close to where I live. And then after the ride, I have uh, the bonfire for the Sturgis party. So all the crew that worked Sturgis comes over. Um, Anybody's welcome to join us. And they all, you know, they all get paid for Sturgis. And then the workers. So you get this gift bag from Black Hills Harley, you get, you know, gift bags from J&P Cycles, and then whatever other stuff we collect, you know, that people give us for, you know, thank you for coming. Um, we've won bottles of booze, we've won, you know, different things that we end up getting for being there. But I put all their names and hats and their spouses, and then we just raffle it off. You know, and sometimes it's, you know, I think last year, everybody's favorite was that stupid uh, Metzler elephant bobblehead. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen that, but <laughs> we got some bobble. I don't know if I've seen that one, but yeah, yeah, kids collected them for years ago. Yeah. And it, you know, sometimes it's, you know, a, a bottle of really good booze, you know, you never know what it is, 
but I just kind of compile it up and they're all the ones that came and helped us with it. So I give it all to them and their wives um, or, you know, significant others. Right. And uh, it's, it's a good time. And then we have a bonfire and everybody shoots the shit. We share favorite part of the, the rally stories. It's so one thing I do at wild ass every night when we're on the road, when we sit down uh, for dinner, it's, you know, what's your favorite part of the day? And everybody's got to share their favorite part of the day, which, you know, basically it ends the day on a positive, right? So no matter what it is. So when we do the bonfire, it's what's your favorite part of the rally. And then everybody has to, you know, think of what the best part of the rally was. And that just gets story time going, you know, but you can't share your story until everybody says their favorite part. And then they have to say the end. You know, like I'll tell you my favorite part of the day and then say the end. And then it goes around the table. And then once it's done, of course, the stories that all those favorite parts bring up come out to light. And then it's cool to do that here because the spouses, the significant others, they all get to hear these stories that they weren't there to be a part of. That's pretty cool. I like that. it's, It's fun. Because, yeah. you know, doing that, it's like you said, somebody might forget about something. And, you know, somebody else's story is just going to jog that little memory there, something they want to remember, but can't forget. And then, yeah, the round table yeah. goes. Yeah. I like that. And the thing that and the thing that we have to realize is, you know, these are 12-hour days out on the pavement. And this year it was over 100 degrees a number of the days. So it's brutal work. I mean, it's you're physically exhausted at the end of the rally. You know, at the end of each day, let alone you compound the whole rally. You know, I think uh, the girls, so Renee, Callie, and myself, we were there for I think like 19 or 20 days. Um, so we worked every single day where the rest of the crew, they come in for half or part of the rally and then they go home. So that last, you know, like I said, this past Monday was epic crash day. Oh, I bet everybody. Yeah, because yeah. you get that heat radiating off that asphalt out there in, in that parking lot. That place is huge too. Holy crap! Isn't it? The parking lot is yeah. ginormous. Yeah, it is. If you guys haven't been to Sturgis, you need to come to the rally at Exit Fifty Five. That's right at Black Hills Harley in Rapid, in Rapid City, right at Exit Fifty Five on uh, I think it's I ninety. Yeah, and uh, it's. I think they added. A few years back, I think they added 15 acres of pavement to that parking lot. Well, yep, what's crazy is you can look across the highway and there's a truck stop. And you could probably fit four or five of those truck stops in the parking lot of Black Hills. How big <laughs> right? that place is. Like, my God. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It is a freaking cool place. So that, that is a beautiful area. I know we're going we're gonna to go back next summer and just you know try to explore and see more areas since we basically had one day got shot down the drain when i was there so yeah but yeah there's it was beautiful and i'd never been there this year even amy's like we got to go come back i'm like all right you do. works for me depending on when you go let me know um because i can get you in touch with the place i stay um two bedroom place really cool place um guy that owns it's awesome so okay I maybe get you a place to stay there that's not far away and it's not a hotel so you can cook your own and take care yeah. of yourself when you're there hey that'd be super cool yeah i'll keep definitely keep that in mind yep well shoot man thanks for coming on you know taking taking some time out of your night i know it's a nice sunday night and 
chilling, but it, you know, yeah. it's fun to catch up and, and get you back on here and, you know, and, and hear some of the stories and whatnot. I, so that's what it's all about. Yeah, it's what I it. enjoy doing. Yeah, I appreciate it. The show's been great. Um, hey, thank I, you. I'm happy to come back on. Love it. So. Heck yeah. I enjoy Wild Ass Wednesdays, you know. Those are good times. Yeah, I need to get back to those. Uh, that'll that's start, been a while. I think, this week. It's been a long time. I've been, uh, I counted it out. I think I've been home, um, I think it was 52 days since, uh, counting weekends, since February. Jesus. So the, uh, the Wild Ass Wednesday kind of got put on the back burner along, along with a few other things that I need to get back into, which I said, I'm just going to let, let me get through August and uh, we'll be fired up and running. So we'll have those going again. Um, Wild Ass Wednesdays, those are, for those of you watching, 8 o'clock Central Time. Um, I think you have to follow the Wild Ass page on Facebook to see those. Yeah. Um, I do them live. I only do them there. It's basically me sitting at my desk rambling. That's about all it is. Uh, and whatever, you know, whatever topics come up, if somebody asks me something, I, I'll answer it. Um, I'd love to have you guys tune in and listen. Um, can I plug my podcast? That's coming Absolutely, back man. Go for uh, it. Plug your so the Wild site, Ass your podcast. podcast. Yep. The Wild Ass Podcast is, uh, I have another one coming out Monday. So my goal, and you know this, you've been on it, the uh, yes. was to have one every other Monday and just for eternity. And once I got into, I think, June, it just went click, 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 click. And I couldn't get any, I just did not have the time to do any of it. So my podcast, my last one might've been in June, might've been in July. I don't remember, but it was with Brian clock. It was episode 13. Uh, it was a great episode. And then the one that comes out tomorrow, actually midnight tonight, tomorrow morning, it, uh, it's with Sean Thomas, who is the, uh, brand ambassador or the, he's the spokesperson. What does he call? I can't remember his title. I put it in there anyways. But he's the guy, like he is the guy for BMW with their GS line of motorcycles. If you oh, watch the awesome. GS Trophy, if you go to Amazon, you can search the GS Trophy and you'll find out what that event is. He is the guy that hosts the show. Super nice guy. Um, and he's just, he's a riot. We have so much fun uh, when we get to hang out together um, and talk to him. But he's on there next. And then... Uh, I'm going to, it'll be weekly now until I'm caught up to my every other week plan. Uh, the following week is Ben Fopp, the number one qualifier to represent the U S in the GS trophy, which starts, I think it's next weekend. Um, they fly over to Albania next weekend. So that's, I'm going to have to go watch so the wild ass podcast. I talked to people who I've met, become friends with, gotten to know throughout my motorcycle career, uh, my career in the industry. We've talked to everybody from long distance riders uh, to Denver podcast hosts. I had uh, Kid Moto from the Five Dirty Bikers on there um, to different people in the industry. So it's been pretty cool. I've even had uh, John Farian, who is brand new to the motorcycle, and you know he's a brand new motorcyclist. So he's a snowmobile and fool. He, he that's no kidding. <laughs> um, and Twister, you're on my hit list. So. Maybe get her on the show. I had to take a break from the Hoka Hey guys. We can't do them all back to back, but man, they got some cool stories. So I'm looking forward to working down the list of people I got that have agreed to come on the show. So it's quite a list. You, you'll want to tune awesome. in. Yep. So it's just the Wild Ass Podcast. It's 
on Apple, Spotify, everywhere podcasts are cool, I guess. And if it's not, then just let me know and I'll get it on there. So there we go. Yeah. So, but no, it is cool. Man. You, you got a really cool format, and you know, you're. Uh, I love the endings when you you got your. We don't want to give too much away. You guys got to tune in and check out how he ends his podcast. It's the five questions, man. That's something That's that right. everybody should know. It's not not so much should <laughs> know, but the cool part is, and what what Denver's talking about, I'll share it. Is I have a few questions. I won't ask you the questions here. Let's not do that. Yeah. But I want to get different people. You know, people at different point parts of their life or different points in time. And it basically are questions that make them think. Uh, and the responses I've gotten, they're crazy. Like they're so different, so good. Um, and that some of them, it just stumps the, the guest. It's like, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer. Um, you know, and then they'll reach out to me later and go, oh, man, I thought of an answer. Too late. <laughs> you missed it's it. funny how that happens. Three hours later, like two days later. Yeah like a light bulb turning on bing oh there we go yep it's crazy so so yeah that part of the podcast is always really fun because i love hearing you know the the there's one piece that i got from brian clock that i echoed through my head the entire hoka hay and that's no sudden movements um and then i have uh, another one not with sean but with ben that has stuck in my head since i recorded that one which is target fixation, um, which is often a negative term, but you'll have to listen to the podcast to find out what what we're talking about there because it's actually it's pretty it's pretty cool, pretty interesting. Nice. So, so yeah, that's that's where you, that's where you tune in and listen. Yeah, time to gear and back up wanna, and bring back. If you want to hear from people, you know, if anybody wants to hear from people, you just got to shoot me a message. Say, hey, man, I want to get this guy on the show, get that girl on the show, get, you know, I've had some suggestions and I've reached out to people and they're coming on. So it's pretty cool stuff. Awesome. Yeah. I know. I mean, you've, you know, you've helped me get some guests lined up and, and, you know, help set up some and it's awesome. You know, I, I greatly appreciate it. Yeah. It's my privilege to be able to help. I mean, if we can help you grow your show and get some exposure for some people that are doing good things, it's a win for everybody. And that's what I like. Absolutely. So, well, Craig, in closing, thank you very much. This has been a, this has been a lot Absolutely. of fun, a good time. You guys can check out therealwildass.com. You got your, what is it, therealwildass.com? The therealwildass.com? <laughs> Wild-ass.com, there we go. Therealwildass on Instagram. We're not, responsible. We're not responsible for your Google uh, searches there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That so. is funny. All right, guys. Hey, everybody, thank you for tuning in to another mile post of the V Twin Life. Mile post 73. Damn, man, we're almost at 75. Crazy. Damn, we're making it. Almost That's to right. triple digits. Hundreds where Craig, it's at, man. Most places oh, I know. don't make it. So Th- that'll be a serious milestone. Yeah. Cool. You know, think of something big for that one. So, But hey, thank you very much, Craig, for coming out tonight. It's been a lot of fun. And, you know, I love hearing these stories. And everybody, all you guys tuning in and. You know, also come with questions. Is it's a lot of fun doing these because you know you get the side chat. People sometimes have the answers we don't have. You know, trying to think of something like the lake we were talking about or come up with some great questions. So yeah. it, it's yeah. a lot of fun doing them this way. And uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. Until next Sunday, the guests will be coming out very soon. Y'all stay tuned. And we will see you next week. On hey, the thanks, Denver. Hey, thanks, Greg.